This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, and our special topic today is the role of artificial intelligence and machine learning in sports. What is it? How's it manifesting? How's it going to change? what we experience, not only as viewers, but how it might change with the athletes themselves. So who do I have with me? Of course, my trusty co-host, Chuck Nice. Chet. What's happening, Neil? Okay, you stand-up comedian and you think about sports sometimes. <laughs> um, I, uh, occasionally. I, you know, every once in a while I have a dream about it. Okay, you know? so that's, so for this we, we, we go big guns and, of course, we have Gary O'Reilly. Gary, hey. ex-footballer, ex-footballer. What team did you play with? Um, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, and Brighton. Uh, so my idea is that I think about sports a lot and occasionally I think I'm funny. <laughs> okay, so the two of But it's only me thinking I'm funny, apparently. So there you so go. So that's the combination of that there that we need sure. here. Very good. Well, today we have a special guest, Noah Seiken. Did I pronounce that right, Noah? Yes, Neil, you did. Perfect. Noah, you're VP of Sports and Entertainment Partnership at... Not a sports company, not an equipment company, not a logo sneaker company at IBM. Wow. So, uh-huh. so this is Revenge of the Nerds. What's going on? Why do you even exist? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, sports uses technology and data, so why not IBM? Well, well there okay. you go. There all you right. go. We're, we're done and, here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the show is over. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> Uh, I, think we, I think we've covered it all. It's all it about off. quality, not wits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, I just wonder, because I think we did have to run through a generation of those who had gotten wedgied and their lunch money taken by the football jocks um, to let that sort of work its way under the bridge. And now we have the next generation of techies who, who the sports community embraces, such as yourself. What's your formal background? I'm actually an advertising guy. I started in advertising and media. And uh, as I came into IBM, I learned all about technology. I learned about the intersection of how do you take great technology? How do you mix it up with something that people love and they're passionate about and tell stories? You know? And so, um, the mix, like I said, the mix of technology and sports is actually very natural. So I- IBM needs the person who is sensitive to the technology, has the target um, objective with sports, but also IBM is one of the leaders in AI in yep. this world. So, so they need somebody like you. 
Yeah, well, look, uh, you know, I would Or at least you tell it, yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look at it as, you know, sports are business enterprises. They have the same needs as every other business, right? They have to um, get customers. They have to please their customers. They need a great technology infrastructure. It needs to be secure so that nobody's, you know, breaking in and doing bad things to their technology infrastructure. So um, sports are just businesses with a different name and they don't call them clients. They call them fans. And so uh, we're very... Uh, tuned in to how to help businesses operate better. That's what we do in sports. Well, Chuck and Gary think about AI all the time. Every time we have one of these shows, they're bringing it up. So I'm yeah. sure they got a million questions for you. I'm waiting yeah. for the day that AI is thinking about me. It already is. You just don't yeah. know it. <laughs> in fact, it just did your gig last night at the Comedy Stop. <laughs> so, so Noah, I mean, I, I think people realize in the back of their mind somewhere that IBM has a connection to sport. But I don't think they realize just how holistic and embedded you are because it's not just tennis, it's not just golf, it's not just, we can protect your tech. You're in so many different areas of sport altogether. Can you kind of expand on where IBM has gone in and moved the game forward? Sure. Well, I mean, our history goes back to the Olympics in the 50s and 60s. And we started just keeping track of the data with punch cards, you know, a couple generations ago. Um, and so we Wait, explain punch cards, please. <laughs> it's, it's when you get really mad at a birthday card. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you. You know, Neil, but it's those little cards that used to get at, uh, at toll booths, right? You used to slide the card in and has all the little holes in it. So mechanical computing, right? Mm. Taking those little punch cards and scoring uh, the rowing contest or the fencing contest or the basketball contest in the 50s and 60s. And that just accelerated through the 80s and 90s into the digital age and the internet. Right? So, so Noah Seiken is 90 years old. That's what he's telling <laughs> us. <laughs> My gray hair, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so you guys have been. Um, that's that's. I guess it's obvious in retrospect that you would be there because it is a lot of data. Um, but I'd heard that certain sp Olympics among them, but Wimbledon as well. So, where do you guys have a focus right now? No Olympics this year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What, what's yeah, your focus? So, yeah. So in the modern age, we partner with uh, entities like Wimbledon, uh, the U.S. Open, the Masters, the Grammy Awards, fantasy football. But so Wimbledon was canceled, but the club came up with a great idea to actually play out Wimbledon over the course of the two weeks and still present four or five new matches each day of the fortnight of Wimbledon. They're classic matches. But if you think about the uh, video content of your favorite match of Borg McEnroe 1980, uh, broadcast standards weren't where they were today. So we actually created some custom algorithms uh, using our AI and updated about uh, 15 of those matches to modern day broadcast standards. So being able to actually see Bjorn Borg's hair, you know, wow. fiber by fiber uh, and really bringing a modern day standard uh, to all of that broadcast footage and presented it on Wimbledon.com. So, so in just so, a matter of six oh, weeks. Oh, Noah, what you've done there is you've given AI the chance to give us data on Borg McEnroe final that never existed because AI can't use the grainy old footage. Exactly. Oh, did we, you release we, those into the wild or is that just something you're keeping back? No, no. If you go to Wimbledon.com today, you'll actually see modern day statistics that weren't captured in 1980 that were able to be infused into that content today. So you're so, right on point. It's not that, just the video. It's all the supplemental data that we have ability to update. But that begs the question then, since these guys cannot play any longer, could the AI take the, the data, the history of these matches, compile all that data, extrapolate what the outcome would be under certain conditions for a match that has never even taken place? That's what, I, in fact, that's what I'm waiting for. I, I don't care how many strands of hair Bjorn Borg has. <laughs> show me. Right. Neil, show me how Bjorn dare Borg you? <laughs> well, no, because, then, no, I see what Neil is saying. It yeah. makes great sense because here's the deal. Invent a match. Invent, Invent a, a match. Borg versus yeah. Federer. Could we and, find out? Right. Borg Dude, you got the Federer. data. Yeah. Who would you win? You got the data. We've, I mean, okay, what metrics are you going to need to construct a Borg versus And McEnroe? you know what you can do? You could take a modern person, put him back in time, slow down their racket. 
the, the ball speed off of the wooden um, bamboo right. rackets, and just to equalize that. To, so that's what we want you to do. Go go back now and do that, <laughs> and we'll call you when when you got something to report. <laughs> oh, you guys are great. We you guys should should come work for us. Yeah, well, <laughs> all right. You show you people are always trying to match up people who never competed against each other, especially in boxing. Yeah, it's the you know classic. This is a pastime. Neil, it's the classic barroom conversation. Yes. So yes. and now you now we have it. Now we can actually produce, but providing we set the metrics and continue and as a constant in the equation, we should be able. Now I'm talking as if I know about AI. Um, we should be able what, to do that. What's an yeah, example could, of the could, kinds of well, data you would collect in a tennis match? Well, so so let me let me actually talk about the data in two ways. You're actually you guys are talking about two different aspects, right? Statistically, who's going to win that match, right? But you're also getting at who's the best player of either one of those players, and and that's a more nuanced conversation because that gets into your heart and that gets into what everybody believes, right? Mm. And so we can do the statistical modeling of, you know, who would perform better, whose speed is, uh, whose serve is. Uh, faster, who has more, uh, you know, un less unforced errors, all that kind of structured data. We think about structured data, rows and columns of data. But then we think about unstructured data, video, language, right? Language, and that gets at the second part of the equation, not just statistically who would win, but who's the favorite in the eyes of the fans? And more and more, we're thinking about how do we apply AI to that question? How do we get people talking about the matches, their favorite matches, their favorite players, expressing themselves, because at the end of the day, there's no real answer to who's the best. The best player is who you believe is the best player and who the people believe is the best player. So we think AI actually has the ability to go, we know AI has the ability to go out, listen, learn, and compile what people say about the players and actually synthesize that into a crisp, um, articulate point of view as to who the best player is or who would win that match if it was played today. So you're Structured data, unstructured data, both have a role. So you're using language as A, a metric, and B, as a way for AI to learn sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, or to, so, learn, to learn the fandom fans, of sports. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. That's it. Also, I mean, if it can analyze language like that, Neil, imagine the coach's conversation with a player, the caddy's conversation on the tee or on the green. <laughs> in the masters mm -hmm. which IBM are involved in. Imagine all of a sudden they can analyze that data to bring forward. Right. A, because we're looking here historically, this, this Borg McEnroe thing takes place in 1980. That's historic analytics. I guarantee now Noah has spun that 180 and is looking with AI going forward in a more predictive role. Am I right, Noah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we think about predictive statistics already. We produce keys to the match in tennis. What do you have to do? What does this player have to do under these circumstances to win this match? Um, but we are very much looking at predictive using natural language. Uh, I talked a little bit about tennis, but in the world of fantasy football, we're, do, we're using the same kind of capabilities. So we're out there reading the blogs, reading the, the local beat reporters, working with ESPN and the projections uh, – uh, that that fantasy football players will get on ESPN fantasy football app are actually augmented through AI uh, based on our natural language understanding of what people are saying about the players. So this notion of language is pervasive across sports and more and more we're tapping into it. Um, think about sound right now. You have all these competitions going on with different levels of sound in a team sport. Right. If you eliminate that that piped in sound, you're able to hear the interactions of the football players on the pitch, uh, the hockey players on the ice. Right. And so getting value out of that. How are those players interacting with each other? What are the coaches saying? What are productive interactions between between coaches and players that lead to success versus unproductive interactions? So now, so, how, how how exactly would you be able to implement that even from a fan perspective? Because if I'm a coach. I'm looking at the information you just cited as proprietary. I do not want you on the field listening to the communication patterns of my team because that gives my opponents the opportunity to see inside my head. So at that point, I'm trying to punch Watson in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> what do you say, Chuck, what do you Chuck, say you do that? that? 
There goes your cable subscription. There goes everything. There goes your. <laughs> uh, Chuck, you're, you're right. You're right on the right point. You know, these these are the gnarly questions that the sports organizations have to sort out right now. And there's there's no question. I mean, go watch a hockey match tonight, one of the hockey games tonight, and you'll see they have this crowd noise, and you can't hear the voices. And you know, in, in many cases, I suspect that's very purposeful because of the exact reasons. But a great organization who wants to compete more effectively is going to get their hands on that data. They're going to get those their hands on those interactions and understand those interactions, just like a business wants to communicate with their client and understand what their clients are saying. So, so what, about, what you're saying, what you're saying is, Bill Belichick will definitely get his hands on this. This yeah, is the next. I, I said nothing. I'm a New York fan, but I wouldn't. <laughs> this is Sorry. the next generation of sign reading, like we yeah, saw in baseball. Yeah, basically. No, I know you have a, an IBM have a strong connection to the U.S. Open tennis, yeah. right? But there's there ain't nobody in the stadium, and it's a cavernous. The Arthur Ashe Arena is just a magnificent space, but it's going to be empty. Am I wrong in knowing that you have mapped the sound of every round going through to the final? And depending on who's playing who, you can actually recreate the noise from a first yeah, round with, a, with a, 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 an unranked, unseeded player winning to the, create that, sound, that, that soundscape to, and this game's never taken place, I don't believe, Nadal-Federer final. So uh, you could do all of that? Yeah, so um, for the past five years, uh, for Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, we've been creating AI-powered highlight reels. And so what we did was we'd listen to the sound of the crowd. We would watch the players in terms of uh, fist pumps, uh, gestures of uh, excitement or not excitement. Or understand, anger, yeah. <laughs> uh, understand the particular position. McEnroe would need a whole separate anger track. He needs his own algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Um, understand, you know, is this a break point? Is it? A, is it a? You know, is it a, a double fault? And we take that and analyze it all with AI and give it an excitement score to each individual point in the tennis match. But remember, part of that excitement score was driven by the audio. So Gary, as you said. Mm. You know, we've been listening to the sounds of tennis for five years using AI, understanding the characteristics of a first round match versus a final match. And in this moment of need, we're, we're, we are enabling the organizations like the USTA to be able to turn around and actually generate that sound in their stadium. Whether they but, will or not is their own choice, but they have that, they have that capability. Now. So, so you need the judges to come in to say to AI, quiet, please. To to the AI. Um, But a a question, there's no sport like baseball with regard to statistics. And I think it's because there's so much downtime between pitches and events that the announcers have to talk about something. So Translation, it's boring. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is the third time he's stolen second base in late innings when they're down by three runs. On a Wednesday. Right. (laughs) So the statistics are so rich that for every player in every event, in every situation, it seems to me AI can just create baseball games that statistically and accurately represent actual players and actual teams. Is, this, is anybody working on that? Well, we're not, that's for sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go oh. you one. I'll go Boy, you one did, did he not have an attitude? He had an attitude. He, <laughs> caught, he like, caught well, the tune on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> I must ask you, because we always kind of end up landing on this particular spot. We, we can historically analyze things we can predict to a certain extent based on history and these are kind of facts that we have but what we haven't got yet is understanding what's between the ears of an athlete has ibm actually gone into this brain learning space or is that just too much of a leap forward right now well, you know, I, I think Gary um again I think for us at least it comes back to language right and the ability to understand language. If you if you were to take a you know take Tiger Woods as an example, or take Tom Brady, take your favorite athlete, over the course of their careers, they've done how many hours of of interviews, post round interviews, pre round interviews, games, Super Bowls, pre you know hundreds, all hundreds. that content, mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds, right? And so if you can actually understand what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, decompose what they're saying, track it over time. 
What's the sentiment of their conversation? How, what kind of language do they use? I think you're going to be able to actually get a pretty good feel for their mental state over the course of time if you did that work. Um, we're not putting, you know, electrodes on people's heads or anything like that quite yet. Maybe other organizations are. But for us, it's really about um, people expressing themselves. And people will tell you what they think and what they believe if you have the right tools to be able to get at it and actually, you know, track it over the course of time. So, again, for us, language, natural language understanding, using those capabilities to understand the language of players, coaches, owners, the organizations, the fans themselves, um, that gives you a pretty good surrogate into the mental state of sport. Once again, I'm going to just say, I hope you're not counting on Bill Belichick for, for any advancement in that area because every single thing will just be like, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> so Noah, you're describing a, a, a brave new world because that's a parameter space that hardly anyone is talking about. And of course, it's one of the strong points of, of Watson. It's, it's facility with languages, multiple languages, um, and people's ability to express themselves in that language, so interesting. Uh, interesting point, though, Neil. Uh, are you working with it in multiple languages? Because there's a definite contextual difference between every single language, and you know there are things that c create different meanings, uh, even oui, though oui. it's the exact same thing. We oui, we oui, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're definitely using AI in, in multiple different languages, and I, and I think one of the things also to keep in mind in this uh, in this time is eliminating bias from our models, right? AI comes with the same kinds of bias, potentially, as the people that are creating it. So we have- Did you just tell me that Rock Watson is racist? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, you did not. But, and, I, and let me so, just say this, Watson is not racist, okay, people? <laughs> Thank you. But, but just go, going back to the, you know, an earlier example, when we're watching a tennis match and we're listening for crowd noise, you know, Roger Federer's crowd noise is significantly different than the number of twenty, the number twenty-five player in the world, right? Absolutely. And to be able to normalize that and not have Federer fans, you know, um, bias the models when we're trying to equalize the, high, the AI highlight creation, is really important. So that notion mm -hmm. of debiasing AI models into the future. Um, cannot be understated. And the point is, Chuck, not all bias is racist. That's all. There are other kinds of biases exactly. as well. The, the only yeah. ones that count are. Okay. <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta call it a break right there before we go to our next segment. I want to thank Noah. Noah Syken. Noah, S-Y-K-E-N. Noah Syken, it's great to have you on. Good to know that IBM is still at it, still working that Watson thing. And it'll be great to get further developments in the future from you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Excellent. Thanks for being on Star Talk. When we come back, we're going to further explore the role of AI in the fan experience on Star Talk. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. 
Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk. Code startalk. We're back. Star Talk. Sports edition. AI. AI. Just it both terrifying and exhilarating to think about what it could be for the future of sports. And we want to talk about now what might be the new emergent fan experience that exploits all the trappings of AI. And we have as our special guest Rajiv Maheswaran. Rajiv, welcome to Star Talk. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. You are CEO of Second Spectrum. And, you know, they didn't tell me this. I really prefer the CEO of the first Spectrum. Can we swap <laughs> you out for it? <laughs> we don't do seconds here. <laughs> um, you, uh, your background is in electrical and computer engineering. The University of Illinois, that's the place to do that sort of thing. The leaders in computer science. And uh, what what what's your what do you, what is Second Spectrum? What do you do there? So I think the name came up uh, because it was like we were, we need to come up with a name for the company. It was like we wanted to be the next way of saying seeing things, the next way of seeing things. And so we were doing variants on the next way of seeing things, and we landed on Second Spectrum because we need a name of the company. And I think in general, we basically are trying to bring. AI in general to sports. It was founded by myself, a colleague of mine. We were professors at USC uh, uh, in the computer science department uh, in AI. USC, uh, University of Southern California. Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't call it AI because it's you know there's a time where AI was a bad word. Now it's a good word. And then a, a friend of ours named Jeff Su uh, and the three of us sort of started the company sort of to bring sort of cutting edge AI uh, to sports. Where which of you, any of your three, were athletes yourselves? Um, well, it depends on who you ask. In our own, <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay, that's my line. Don't be stealing my lines. <laughs> but none, none of us played professionally or in college. Uh, but it was it was the three of us and two nineteen-year-olds, a twenty-year-old, and a twenty-one-year-old who sort of dropped out of school from our research lab. But that being said, I think we at some point we have sort of over thirty some people in the company who played uh, sports in college and then several professionals. So. Okay, but they, they're not in charge. The ones in charge are geeks. That's what you're telling me. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't think we'd like to have it any other way. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, Gary. We got Gary here. Former, former pro footballer. Okay, Gary. No, except for Gary, Chuck. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> so you so you are you are partnered it's one of your foci if i said that right it's one of your your, your focuses uh soccer 
Absolutely. So we we started out working in basketball, and we were a basketball company for you know many many years. But very recently, you know, we've always wanted to get into soccer, and I, I apologize for calling it soccer for the uh, for your international fans. Um, but uh, you know, one of our board members said that the top three sports in the world are soccer, soccer, and soccer, and we have definitely found that out very recently. I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> so we, we made a big splash in soccer in the in the last year. We sort of uh, got into we. Sort of a league-wide partners of both the English Premier League and Major League Soccer in the U.S., and so we're super excited, and we're going pretty hard into into, into soccer, and it's it's been very. And what do you, what do you do? What are you doing? So I think we do a lot of things um, in the in the in the sports space. So I think one of the things you can think about it is there's you know people watch in, historically people watch games with their eyes, they understand it, and then they sort of create content. Whether it's reporter in the old days who went and watched a game, understood it, wrote a story and then distributed to people. And so TV came along and there was things like video where a person went with a video camera and and then somebody edited it and told the story. I think for us, there's the watching the understanding and the creating is now we have sort of three parts that are done by AI. So watching is what we call player tracking or ball tracking, where we have all these cameras in basketball and soccer stadiums where a machine can tell you, like, this is Raheem Sterling, and this is Marcus Rashford, or um, this is Carlos Vela, and this is where he's standing, and this is how they're moving, and this is where the ball is. and just gets the positional locations of all the players, their identities, and the ball, you know, at 25 frames a second for every single game. So we Okay, but, but, I, but I, my brain does that, so you're not impressing me yet. That's Go right. on. So then the last thing about- <laughs> I don't need AI to tell me who my favorite player is, where he's standing, whether or not he has the ball. Right, and that's okay. the biggest thing is that it was, it was recorded— and people were recording all this locational. A person could watch it, but they can't write it all down. But it was recorded, and it was pretty useless because the people said, I have a big pile of numbers that I can't do much with. So we came around and said, you know, we're going to turn that into things that have meaning. So we can turn all this data, and we call it semantics. So we can turn it into the understanding of what previously only a human could do. It's like, that's a pick and roll. That's a, a, a blitz defense. This is a between the lines pass. This is a progression, a buildup, organization, transition defense in the different sports. And we were starting to create words out of these numbers that everybody in the sports landscape started to understand. And then we started working with teams and leagues across, you know, across the world. And the third part is creation. And we said, well, if a machine can understand, it can also create. And not only did we sort of start creating content, we could say a machine understands the full the video. And so it can put information, it can put probabilities or names or explosions or characters into a video, basically add special effects into video completely automatically. And so we basically do three things. We sort of watch the game with machines, we understand the game with machines, and we create, at this point, augmented content for for these leagues. So, So your experience could very easily translate into a completely different fan user experience. You could end up watching a game that, with your technology, someone else sitting at home would not see the game that I'm watching via your AI augmented uh, uh, transmission. Exactly. And I think one of the biggest things that we are trying to do is the fact that, you know, everybody wants what they want, when they want, how they want it. And the world's just getting better and better at delivering it. So when you talk about content, you know, when you look at even the, the radio, it's like you sort of back in the day, you know, you, you go to a radio station, you like a song, you hope they play it, you know, two hours later. Right. And then sort of think, things start to become digital and then machines start understanding it. And right now, nobody listens to it that way. In fact, whether it's whether it's a music service or podcasts, like you, you basically build up what you listen to personally. And uh, and this is true, whether it's content on the web or whether it's music or whether it's photos, there's lots of things that people experience in very, very different ways. Sports is this one last thing where it's like everybody gets to see the exact same thing, whether you're a person who's been rooting for a team for 30 years or it's your first game watching or if you're a person who's into data or fun, like regardless of who you are and what your life is, it's the same content for everyone. And the only way you sort of really scale personalization is to have a machine understand it and give everybody something else, something right. different. And so, our wait, 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 <laughs> wait. I know where, I know exactly where Neil is going to go no, right no, now. I'm just wait, wait. Go for just, it. Just, just stop. Just, no, just, go for it. Go for okay. it. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Got it. I'm, I, I, I pay good money to see Gary O'Reilly perform on a soccer field. Let, let me think Let me think forward here. Linear TV is getting pushed over the edge by COVID plus 
everything else that's going on right now. We all want our own content universe, Neil, specific to us. Right. The sort of, I get what I want when I want it. Explain now, to me how, what, I, I don't understand. Okay, I, I, think, I think that's what Neil is saying is, you got to give, yeah. give, and I think many of our listeners right now are having the exact same response, which is, can you please paint for us a couple of user experience examples that yes, make this you. a worthwhile experience for me thank to you. be interested in. I think thank that's you. what he's really saying. So, thank you, Chuck. Let's go from the simple to various. So one is sort of a new fan, and sometimes even experienced fans, might not even know who the players are, right? And so just having Gary's name over his head while he's playing, is like, oh, that's Gary. Right? Okay, so these are, these, right now you're describing Google Glasses. Okay, go on. Basically, like you make all the video like that, and somebody who's watching a game... And maybe you you don't you don't you can't read their jerseys. You don't know who they are. Or you're a new fan. You might only know who the stars are. You might you might only want to see who are the stars, like Gary, and like put put that over their head and float them over their head. So I know yeah. who they are. Plus, in games where they have helmets like football, you yeah, would, that's you even know, better. You have to know their number or their their body shape. We've talked to okay, go on. In the UK, who are like their job is to watch all Premier League matches all day, and they're like. I don't know who number eight for Huddersfield is, and I wish I could because I had to do a story about them. And so th these, that simple thing would just makes everybody way more educated about you know who's actually playing and knowing when you're having a piece of content, knowing who the characters in the story are are kind of important. And right now, that's a hard thing to do. And now the reason you might want to personalize that is maybe some people know all them. Some people only want to know a few of them. Some people might want to only know the ones who are on their fantasy team. So just even knowing who people are is a value add because that's such a big deal to, for somebody to coming into a sport or getting to learn a sport a lot more. So that's level one. Like we can just tell you like who, who the characters in the show are. Right. And level two is like describing the conflict of the show. So in basketball, like there's these two people are trying to score and the basically the, the fight is over the probability of the ball going into the basket based on all the different things you are like, well, we can float these probabilities over people's heads. So if you're a data geek, you might love to see all these probabilities floating over these, these heads, but somebody who isn't might not want that. So you can turn that on for yourself. And somebody right. who's like, I don't want these numbers, like turn that off. They might. So what you're saying is if I'm dribbling the ball, there are different parts of the court where I have a better field goal percentage than others, and you can watch that. You can watch that go. in real time, come in up. In real time. Okay, so keep going. And so keep somebody going. just like, and then the third person's like, you know what, I, like I want to have, a, I watch sports just to have a lot of fun. I'm on Snapchat, I'm on Instagram. It's like, why isn't it that every time somebody dunks a basketball, there's an explosion or lightning hitting the backboard? It's like, well, we can do that. And we can have all kinds of fun stuff that, that, that like, you know, NBA Jam uh, effects and all kinds of cool special effects. Yeah, but 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 will will Pikachu show up? It will do if there's a Pokemon movie coming out. You know <laughs> oh, that this going to some augmented Pikachu. That's oh my God! I just realized that, so, Gary. So, but that's amazing, so Chuck. Chuck. So now. Who gets to monetize exactly. this? Exactly. Right, but still have, I still want, he just gave me level two. Give me level three now. All right. <laughs> buckle, buckle up. Like buckle up. Well, can I, can I give my level three? <laughs> uh, can, can I give my level three? Because right, I'm sure that you might be able to do this. Okay. So one of the things that I really like when I watch Amazon is the fact that while I'm watching a scene, I can find out everything about that actor. That actor, I can actually either pause the scene or in real time while I'm watching it, I can find out other stuff they've been in. I can look at their resume. I can see how they got this job. It's when you're watching movies on Prime. Yeah, when I'm watching movies on Prime. On Prime. And I at first thought that that was kind of stupid, to be honest, because I'm used to watching television a very specific way. But then after like two or three experiences doing it, I find myself... Looking for addicted. that information. I'm You're like, addicted. Go, I'm, I'm pulling up. Who is this? What else have they yep. done? What did it, you know, because, uh, you know. You, you can't wait till the damn movie ends? I can't. Oh, man. Sure. And honestly, ah, sure. honestly, what you just said, Neil, is why I thought it was a sure. stupid idea. I'm sure. like, why can't you wait sure. till it? But I'm just wait till the damn movie. Rajiv, give me, give me level three. Forget Chuck. Give me level three. No, I, wait, wouldn't that, couldn't that be a level three? Right. Chuck's right. Chuck's right in the sense, like, what we are doing is basically x-ray supercharged for sports. Like really that's what we're doing, right? There's another, another, which is like, show, I want to understand the game more, right? Like you always, right. basically, so in basketball, like we can draw the play diagram under the players as it happens. In, in, in soccer- we By the way, let me just interject real quickly there. I don't think it was until 
um, John Madden, when he became a sportscaster, yep. yeah. that, that that game was ever unpacked by any sportscaster. Because he was the coach. He was an actual because he coach. Was coach. He's, oh, and, and, and he, it, it, he, he empowered you to pay attention to players that never otherwise got anybody's attention. What was the center doing after they hiked? What was the first blocking person? And he opened this hole and he came through and he came through. And it's, wow, the whole game was transformed for me hearing him comment. And I got to tell you, Neil, I, I am convinced, even though NFL will never say this, I am convinced that that is a huge reason why football became the number one sport in America. Because after John Madden started doing that, that every single analyst started doing that. And then the network started hiring former players to become the color mm -hmm. analysts. And they all started doing the same thing. And as a result, you had a much deeper insight into the game. Okay, so now Rajiv, is, you're doing this with AI. Exactly, because I think, you know, John Madden is exactly right, because John Madden explained a very complicated game to a lot of people that brought them into that universe, right? So, for example, if we're watching TV shows, if I'm watching, like, a detective show or a romance, like, I know the plot, I know the characters, I know what, what's supposed to happen. Like, for a person watching a sporting event, unless you played the game or in, you don't really understand it. And for games like basketball and soccer that are more continuous, you don't have a lot of breaks to sort of explain a lot of the strategic elements. And so for us, when we can- Baseball, you have tons of breaks. <laughs> Just baseball is all don't about the- Don't you go there, it's all about you the go there again. <laughs> hey, hey, can you put some explosions in baseball, please? Please, please. Or, or, or statistical chance that the base will blow up when you step on it, right? Just some- For you, I'll look into that. So we, we can draw that in, in soccer. We can draw the soccer so geometric. There are these lines and there's formations and overloads and all these things that you can point out that, and Gary knows, like so much of, of soccer happens outside the ball that people just don't get. Right? And Rajiv, to this day, I still don't understand offsides. Yeah. Just so you know, between you and me. Well, you can explain that by drawing a line that explains what offside is to people. It's like, wait, there's this line, right? They keep changing the rules, Neil. So if you don't feel that you understand it, just join everybody else. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Rajiv, someone is going to monetize this okay. because as a viewer, I'm sat there and as a viewer, they know everything about me. If I want a beer, if I want nachos, if I want a taco, if I want a burger, if I want to take a plane ride, if I want to buy ice cream or whatever it is. So while I'm sat there, all of a sudden, all of my favorite things are going to explode in the soccer goal or come out of the hoop. It's the Powerade Power Dunk of the Quarter. <laughs> and Chuck's auditioning for the voiceover, which is, which is brilliant. And now. So, so who, gets to, who gets to monetize this? You, the teams, the athletes, the league, or all of the above? Hey, why can't we all eat, Razeev? Why can't we all get a little piece of this pie? Yeah. I think why not? in the long run, like, you know, it's a matter of how we get there, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, the, the 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 sports landscape is changing significantly. I think, you know, I think yeah. that, uh, that uh, the way it's been delivered through linear TV into a, a television is is going to change from being, you know, to, to delivered over the internet into interactive personal devices. Yes. And I think you will yeah. see that same transition as you have seen Let's say, let's say the music industry or some other like or the other kinds of video industries that are not sports change, where everybody in the ecosystem makes money in new ways as as the distribution uh, mechanism. Yeah, but they, but Rajiv, they were biting and kicking and screaming in the transition. That was yes, a bloody transition. I think, I think sports will be the same. I think they will. Uh, they, they will. Be, but I think like in the end, you sort of scientifically you have to go back down to first principles in the sense of like there is a very uh, competitive market for people's attention. And uh, that is, it's much more competitive now than it ever was. You know, when I was a kid, I would spend from like Friday night until Sunday night watching nothing but sports because that, you know, I was in the middle of Wisconsin. I grew up in the middle of Wisconsin. You know, I was there, I watched it. Uh, but now it's like, it's, there's a, so much good stuff to, to spend your time on, like the Star Talk podcast and many other things where you have to, you have to fight. Thanks for the plug. That was very, very nice of you. <laughs> but it's true, right? Can I you mean, please add some explosions to our podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think of it like the world is much more competitive and a lot, lot, and it's a lot better for me as a consumer. Like I'm a, I'm a science geek, so I love sci-fi shows. So it's like for me, like when Next Generation came back, there was like one show a week that I would live on. But now if I look at all these, you know, whether it's podcasts or whether it's... You binge it. You I, binge I, can, I can spend my whole life doing nothing but sci-fi. And I, mm -hmm. can, I can spend my whole life watching nothing but robots and explosions and spaceships. And mm -hmm. it's amazing because like, the world is much, much more competitive. And I think 
sports will have to go there. Sports basically had it, and I, I'm a big fan. And okay, I, so who pulled you out of your parents' basement? Somebody got you, Somebody said you need a life. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what was what was her no, name? I'm, I'm still in the basement. I'm just watching different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer. <laughs> we, we got we got to wait. We got to close that segment. But uh, in a third segment, Rajiv, if you can hang out, uh, it's when Gary, Chuck, and I just we just sort of chew the fat, and you sound like a good fat chewer. You can just join us mm-hmm. where we unscripted. We just kind of go at it. That's great. Let's do it. When we come back, more Star Talk Sports Edition. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Star Talk, we're back for the third and final segment, Star Talk Sports Edition. AI. I've got Rajiv Maheshwaran. Help me there. Maheshwaran, but it's getting better all the time. (laughs) Okay, Maheshwaran. Thank you. (laughs) Approaching my name. (laughs) Very thank you. And you and the all the Maheshwarans in Wisconsin, where you're from. Yes, that's surely the long lineage of Maheshwarans in the Midwest. (laughs) That's right. Also, Wisconsin. <laughs> so, you're, are 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 your parents from Wisconsin as well? No, uh, we we uh, I grew up in uh, Sri Lanka, uh, which is a tiny island near India. For those who don't know, but uh, it's also- so, can I tell you one of the main reasons why I know Sri Lanka is because that's where um, Arthur C. Clarke hung out. You know, Arthur C. Clarke. I I know that he almost ran me over with his car once. I think that that's my the closest I came. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that what we call is that what we call a brush with fame? <laughs> no, it's a brush with death. It is right. yeah. brush, with brush with death. death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. But then from there we moved from 
from Sri Lanka to Wisconsin. So from a tropical island to Wisconsin. I used to I used to make a joke that I, I could handle any any temperature except room temperature. And then I moved to <laughs> That's funny. I moved to LA and then I can cover I've got room temperature covered as well. You get room temperature all the way. <laughs> there in, you go. In, in LA. So so would you can choose some fad? This is our where we just shoot the shit. Um I just I'm just wondering, um, Rajiv, are you really transforming our experience? Are you the birth? of something that in 20 years we'll look back on and say, I remember when? Absolutely. I think I, I use that both internally and externally a lot. I, I, I think that I don't, I think we would like to be the birth of it. I think that we, we would like to be the birth and we're doing everything in our power to make it so that like, remember when people used to say, remember when we all used to watch the same game the same way? That seems crazy. And uh, we, we, we no, but but wait, wait, but sports is still event television. Yes, yes. No, no one, no one DVRs their football game. Okay, that just doesn't happen, really. No, it's it's true. So there's both live and non-live. I think there's two things in terms of personalization. In live, um, you know, everybody can watch a live game in different ways, and even the numbers show that not everyone wa watches a hundred percent of a game, right? Like, it's, right. And so it's like everybody's watching different subsets of a game. So even live. Right, but before we broke, you said that one manifestation of your company's uh, inventiveness is to have, uh, you'll have your own headset so that it's a very personal, private experience because it will know what you need and want from the game that you're watching. However, isn't it true that sports is more communal? Absolutely. So I think one of the things that we're going to do is like, the first thing we're doing is the one way to personalize it, have everybody have a different visual experience that's tailored to what exactly you want to see. But the next step is, you know, shared experience. So if you're just going to have a different visual experience, why can't I create that for myself? Why can't I share it with the next step is why can't exactly. I create that visual experience with some of my friends or many Absolutely. of my Absolutely. So, so what you end up doing is kind of like Spotifying sports in such a way that you're creating or curating the visual experience, and then you're inviting other people into a community to share the they're experience. They're listening to your playlist. You, right. They're, they're kind of listening to your playlist while watching the game with you, which, by the way, already happens on Twitter during live events now. Yep. You have you have these small groups that pop up and they're talking to one another and they're sharing memes and they're re they're showing replayed videos and things like that. that that's nature. that's that's Chuck during the Oscars. Okay. <laughs> Chuck is like thousand tweet comes out of Chuck's panel from from in, in the Oscars. Right? What was she wearing? What was he doing? What did, did he say that? Did yep. he really mean where's Janet Jackson when you need her? Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. This is a sports show, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Rajiv, okay, we are talking about being on the cusp of a new dawn, a new age yep. in the way that we consume. But you guys don't sit on your laurels. You go again. So are we into voice activation? Are we into touchscreen? Are we into a 360-degree soundscape? Mm. Uh, can you tell us all your IP? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that... You don't want to go too far ahead. I think yeah. a, I think you want to do is, you know, I think we're already sort of pushing the envelope quite a bit. And I think I, do we do find that, like, we have to sort of stay with the pace at the width of which the world is willing to change. But I think, like, you don't want to go too far away from a core experience in terms of watching. And I think one of the biggest things to happen in the world is that everybody have these, has these rectangles that they carry around with them. And some of them yeah. are small, medium, and large, but they're all these rectangles and you can touch them and you can interact with them. And it's fundamentally changed the way people interact with computing and with content. And so for us, people are, people are used to being, have the ability to be active. And so interactivity, being able to touch and interact with video is going to be a big thing. I think we, we've actually already built some prototypes where we can show what's possible. We're just waiting for the world to catch up a little bit uh, because we're waiting for the world, more of the video to go on onto digital than linear. Yeah. It's already happening for people under a certain age, but yeah. then it happen to the whole world very soon, and that's going to really unleash interactive video. It's Is there sufficient bandwidth to move video at the rates you need to accomplish your, your goals? Absolutely, because we've already delivered this stuff into the world, so it already exists with lots of our partners, and so we're already doing it. Uh, no, I meant literal bandwidth. I mean, if you are you going to stream HD... A, you know, soccer game on a device of someone who's on a mobile platform. I mean, yes. is this, this is real. This is real. It's already happening. Okay. It's going to get more, better and more powerful. So the degree of personalization and the degree of interactivity is only going to grow over time. If you think about it, like the first time somebody streamed a game 
ever versus what the world is now. Right. Streamed, you know, a a piece of video content to what the world is now. It's like we are, we're on the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Okay. So, so in five years, what are we doing? Oh, five years, everybody sort of just uh, watches games. We, we wait, wait, in five years, you're the first trillionaire. No, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> a trillionaire, but uh, I just, I think we just want to be part of the, the birth. And I mean, I, I don't have any assumptions other than like, we would like to move the world forward. Like we want to make a dent and a, as big a dent as we can for as long as we can. I, I think it would be worthwhile if in, in five years, every game everywhere, not just the professional games, but pickup games are watched by machines, understood, edited, augmented, and made interactive for people who care about that, whether that's a super fan or grandma watching my kid, right? I think like that's that's the vision is that it's not just for the pros, it's going to get cheaper and every game of everything played everywhere on the planet is going to be edited, augmented, and streamed and watched. And, and I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And here's the only reason why I say that. I know five years ago um, was the, you saw the emergence of... Um, individual player profile videos showing up on YouTube and they were being used by scouts. And what happened was the players themselves, the coaches started making the content instead of waiting for a scout to say, let me video guy this guy. They'd be like, no, let me take a video of all the stuff that I do great. I'm going to throw that up on YouTube. And they would put together these compilations. And, and now it's almost like, it's almost like its own little ESPN now, you know, the, the way it works. So I could totally see this being the next incarnation. But I still want to know, I need, I want, give me some details. Five to 10 years from now, uh, and like the Yankees are in the World Series, let's say. That's not a stretch, of course. Um, <laughs> what's, what's, what do I experience? What am I? So, I mean, I think what you can do is, uh, you imagine like, I'm going to say, I'm going to take the Clippers because they're, one of our, uh, we, we launched with the, our, this augmented view with the Clippers. And so you're, 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 you're at home, the Clippers are on, you turn on your iPad, uh, you, you come in the, in the middle of the second quarter, the AI basically tells you, here's what's happened on in the first, uh, first uh, uh, you know, uh, quarter and a half the game. I catch you up at the important highlights. Then I take you to your story. Maybe you're watching the, the, the first, that's the first quarter with your kids. So you watch a mode with a bunch of explosions and characters and things like that. You go to bed, second half, you get a Pikachu, you need Pikachu. You yeah. need Pikachu's in there. <laughs> and then second half, you get on with your buddies and you're all a bunch of data geeks. So you turn on all the, the stats. The, 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 the Riley. The Riley or the whoever your favorite, you know, and the R box mm-hmm. Riley, pick your favorite, right? And so you're watching it with your friends and it's interactive. So maybe you play a bunch of games and like you say, who's gonna, you're playing a bunch of games by interacting with each other uh, on the screen, by tapping the screen and making things happen. You have a social experience. Um, then after the game, you know, maybe the next day, uh, uh or, or that night, maybe you like, you, you watch your kids highlights from the Y game that, that, that she played earlier and, and you want to see her highlights. You share that with grandma, grandma makes some comments on that video. The next day you show it to your kids like, Hey, I've cut up your pickup game with the Clippers game from last night. And you will have all these sort of mixing and mashing and sharing and augmenting. So, so the game is this living yep. data entity. Yep. Wow. Is that a fair way to describe That's it? A great way to describe it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that if you don't mind. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Our lawyers will be in touch. Um, <laughs> so just saying, do we have lawyers? Shh, shh, don't tell Rajiv, do we have lawyers? Um, the, what I'm hearing is yeah. um, A, firstly, this can only improve the the baseline of sporting talent and elevate it because you'll be able to see and then not repeat mistakes and learn from your your, your successes. The other thing, Rajiv, you've talked about stories, your story, the story so far. And now what I'm thinking is, if I want the John Madden character to be my narrator, I dial up that. If I want uh, an NBA superstar to be my narrator, if I want it, some guy from the hood, or whichever way, and I, I want to go cartoon graphics. Gary, you never came from the hood. Just, just don't even, no. That sentence coming out of your mouth doesn't really work. Sorry, just thought I'd say I am that. not talking of a personal experience. I'm <laughs> okay. talking about someone who did. The hood a, coming out of the hood. The hood, <laughs> okay. yes. So, However, I got to say, Gary, I wish you did come from the hood because I would have loved to walk through the hood and just heard somebody say, I sailed, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd have turned around and said, someone's speaking my language at last. <laughs> Fabulous. Let's have tea. So, so, but, all right, Rajiv, so if I've got a coaching 
mode set up on my viewing. We literally have a how, mode. Yeah. Uh, how you really do, right? So if, if they're in a soccer game, there's a corner and I need to know what percentage in-swinger, out-swinger, short corner. Uh, then I look at the players. Then I can wonder if the first phase will be a counter-attack or whether I contain. Then I need my... How far into the weeds can I get with that kind of knowledge? Because I know as the, as the attacking team, I'm never more vulnerable than when I have the ball. So now I am prone to counter-attack. Or do I, with this information, load up my big guys because I have an advantage in size and putting corners that are to my advantage. How far away or how close can I get to all of that analysis in real time? So we, we have that, all of that right now. So we basically have that and the, oh. and the, and the, and the sort of the managers have access to that information to study that before the games. Now from a fan experience, so we work with the, the coaches in the NBA and the managers in the Premier League mm-hmm. and uh, they, they get that for, for those, the game prep. Now, does the fan need the degree, that degree of analysis? Maybe not, maybe not all fans are like you, but one day I think no. fans will get access to that degree of specificity in real time. For us, we're just thinking about what are the first steps we can take to get people just accustomed to the fact that the game can look different than it did for the history of it, you know, since it's basically, since we started broadcasting games on TV. It hasn't really changed that much. But all right, so let's, can, can we talk some real money here, Rajiv? Okay. Let, let's get into some real money here. How do we turn this into a gambling thing, man? Yeah, oh, I mean, that's that's where the dollars are. Well, that's I think where it's going to happen. No, I think that if you think about it, gam- gambling was the first way people sort of personalized the viewing experience, right? Somebody that's basically said, like, I care differently about this game than somebody else. Fantasy sports took that to a v- very degree. Like, I have like I have a very different caring about the set of players than than some other person because we have different incentives. So gambling was one of the ways is like saying, I, I want to care more and I want to care more in a very different way than... But just just to be clear, so, so that I'm up to speed in case anyone else needs to be, but in fantasy sports, as I understand it, your, the, the performance of your players tracks their actual performance in the actual That's right. world. That's right. Yes. And if they get injured, your player got injured. You're, right. So you might... Right. You might be watching a game where two players on uh, Team A are on your team and one player from Team B is on your team, and there's three players from Team B who's on your opponent's team, and so you have a very unique caring about that. It's a completely different thing, right? Yeah, it's a completely yeah. different thing, but it's, it's, it's very popular, and it's our people saying, I, I want to care about this game in a different way than people, people next to me. And so imagine you have a visual experience where the visual just tells you this is what you care about, and the presentation of the game is going to reflect what you care about, and not what what the next person, what Chuck cares about, or Gary cares about. Or, or, and we we could all, and also maybe all of us are in a room and we want to watch this game together, and we all decide we're each going to pick a player or two and have a fun little game amongst ourselves. Maybe we want each of our heads floating over the player to to know whether I should root for that or not. And so it's just gambling is a way of basically saying, look, I want the experience to be better. I'm going to bet to sort of care more about it, but then I'm also differentiating from other people who made different bets. And so So it's not just whether it's better, it's yes, implicit is better, but more more specifically, you're more engaged. Right. More, there's reasons to get deeper. There's in a stronger connection to, to the fan. About. It's like it's like going to the racetrack. Exactly. And if if you happen if someone hands you a ticket for the bet, you're going to be rooting for that horse right. in that race. Even though you have no real vested interest in <laughs> no, the you horse. Don't, you, the horse you, don't, you didn't know, but before, a minute before that, you didn't you care. You didn't care anything. But, okay. Okay. Look, I think one of the things, and this is important, is that part of the reason people gamble is like the raw content is not good enough. I, was like, I, don't, I didn't make a bet before I went and saw Avengers Endgame in the theater because like, I don't need to. It's going to be good. <laughs> right? I, I, don't think, I don't think like, I, I'm, usually, I'm not, I'm not going to make a bet about Star Talk. It's like, yeah, I know y'all are going to bring it. And then so, but I think with, like, I just need to, I just need to make it more interesting. And so like, it just, the, the, the fan singing thing is like, I need to be more compelled. Right? And so we can either amplify that, that, whatever compels you in a very unique way, or we can find interactivity that helps you gamify in lots of different ways to make it more compelling for how much time and what form of time you're willing to give. By the way, I lost the mortgage payment on Thanos. (laughs) 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 It was a good bet. One in 14 million, you know? (laughs) So this reminds me, just to close with some reflections here, 
on baseball, was it in the 1970s, there was some episode where Major League Baseball said uh, people are too bored with the sport. And so they started adding bells and whistles. They would have like contests during the, between the innings, you know, where the fans would, uh, if, you, if you go, I don't only know Yankee Stadium better than other stadiums, but between innings, there's like a subway race and it's, it's all on the, on the video screen. And they race the B train against the, the, the D train against the four train. And it's stupid, but people get into it, right? And then they have a, they have a, a, a Caps and they move the ball around under the caps, and and people are betting on it in between. And I'm thinking to myself, this is an early attempt to do exactly what you're trying to do. Yep. And and it's early, and to me, it was always clumsy what 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 these were. But if you tune it and you make it sharp, you make it intelligent uh, in the way AI is expected to be. Uh, there's no stopping what you've got brewing there. You're exactly right. I think they were just doing what they were doing with the limits that they have. What AI has done is remove those limits and saying, what can you imagine? If you can imagine, I'm, I can make it happen. And so when you're a trillionaire, we get 10%. That's yeah. what you're, okay. I'll, I'll make that same deal vice versa when you're a trillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> deal. <laughs> so Rajiv, thanks for doing this. And when you get more developments, we'd get to have you back on and just check up on your on how it's going. Absolutely, I'd love to. Totally see that. Gary, always good to have you there. Pleasure, you, my friend. You bring athletic authenticity to the, these conversations, just <laughs> well, so you know. that's very kind of you to say. And, and, unlike me or Chuck, you... you <laughs> that's da damned by faint praise. <laughs> there you go. Chuck, always good to have you. A pleasure. This has been Star Talk, Sports Edition AI. Signing off, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Keep looking. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.